Welcome to the Art of the Dive. This week, budget, budget, pod. This is actually our third pod of the week. We did premiums, mid-price, and now budget, budget players. I'm quite happy because Jake just yelled at his wife to turn down the TV so that he could record the pod. These are the types of things that Jake needs to be doing if he wants to remain co-host on this pod because I actually was just contacted by Side of Fantasy Guy at pre-Maradona1 to ask if he could be on the pod. So Jake, you better watch out. How you doing, buddy? Oh, now I'm nervous. I was doing well, but like now, ugh. Yeah, I would be nervous. He just uh, just sent me a little uh, message on Twitter and said, "Hey, just moved to Minneapolis. Would you would you want to get together for a little pot action?" Unfortunately, I just moved three hours away from there. Yeah, yeah, big move. But now you're in a you know better place. Um, are you excited? Yeah, you know, moving sucks. Um, I'm nervous though that pre Maradona one on Twitter uh, that he moved to Minneapolis to be on the pod. Yeah, no, I mean, that's poss- quite possible, and maybe he just needs a friend, too, so. Um, but I still think we could get him on the pod. I mean, you know, who knows? You yeah. know, maybe guest speaker. Sure, maybe we can see, figure it out. See what he has to offer, so. Yeah, you certainly have nothing to offer, so. Yeah, not much, that's for sure. Yeah, you are worthless. Okay, let's get started with the podcast today. Budget fudget, so we'll be looking at budget players for your team. We've got a couple questions that we wanted to start off with. Uh, first question has come about kind of in the community lately, the FPL community, and that conversation has been about goalkeepers. So as the game week one deadline approaches, there's a lot of conversation about theory and the best use of budget. A lot of people are coming up 0.5 or 1 mil short from the teams that they really, really want. And one place that you can make some of that money potentially is in that goalkeeper position. Jake, what is your strategy for spending and utilizing the goalkeeper position? Yeah, I think goalkeepers are really tough this year because I think De Gea is a little bit expensive. Um, And I don't really quite feel the need to pay that much for a goalkeeper. Other people are willing to do so, and that's easy. There's your solution done. Uh, The five fives, what's hard is none of them seem super nailed at this time, except for maybe um, Liverpool's new goalkeeper, uh, Allison. Um, And I just don't want to waste Liverpool uh, position for him. Uh, Ederson didn't play today. We'll talk more about that. And so then I'm kind of like 4.5 is my way to go. Um, That's not something I tried last year, um, but I think that's that's the route I'm going to try. Yeah, we we talked about it last pod that neither of us liked the 5.0 options. Uh, and so then that kind of leaves us with either the 5.5, uh, Ederson 6.0, De Gea, or going lower than that to 4.5 players. Loris probably isn't going to start the season. Courtois might be gone. So those are our other 5.5 players. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, Allison at 5.5, Ederson at 5.5. We don't want to waste teams' positions with them. That's why I think a lot of managers are landing on De Gea. Uh, because Manchester United doesn't have a lot of great options in the back that we know are going to be solidified, but we also know that a Moo team is going to be uh, quite solid defensively. 
Yeah, so I think that's a reasonable thing if you're if you're willing to pay that much. But that's why all the more importance on this pod today, and we're going to probably start with goalkeepers. So um, these are probably players that I'm going to have on my team. Yeah, so what do you do then? Do you think a 4.5, 4.5 rotation is the way to go? Or do you go with like this new strategy that I hear a lot of people talking about, just going 4.5 and then going 4.0 and just leaving that 4.5 player in for the entire season? Yeah, I don't really think that 0.5 makes all the difference. I think you're lying to yourself if you're like, I really need that 0.5 you know, extra, but... It's a way to handle it if you're really sold. But then I think you, you know, the, the big risk with that is, interestingly, I read an article um, that talked about your price range brackets and who tends to lose the most money. Um, it's not so much about gaining money anymore with your team because, you know, people don't boost up a ton. Um, and it really showed that in this article. Um, but the 4.5 goalkeepers definitely are the ones that are most likely to go down in price. So if you mm. miss on your one shot, you're going to put yourself in a world of hurt because you're going to have to drop another player down to get to another goalkeeper if you want to make the switch. Yeah, you got to make that come shot when you get the chance. Am I right? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's why I think two point fives is the better way to go because... Yeah, maybe one of them doesn't work for you, but if you hit the other one, then you just play that one the whole way through. Okay. Jake just rolled along with that inappropriate comment, but that is classic Jake. Okay. Well, we've got some thoughts there. Um, kind of as the, the Game Week 1 approaches, we might need to revisit that. Uh, we will be doing a Game Week 1 pod, by the way, uh, in a couple days here when things have hopefully settled a little bit. We don't really know with the transfer market. Um but we'll talk more about that then. The next big thing that happened this weekend uh, was the Community Shield. So today, Manchester City beat Chelsea 2-0. Um, it, it was a pretty interesting match. Um, I was actually only able to watch a little more, just the first half and a little bit of the second half. Uh, you know, life, moving, apartments, and things like that. Uh, but, Jake, did you get a chance to watch the match or read any match reports? Uh, I read match reports. I slept. So, yeah, <clears throat> life, you know. Working, wow. working late night and then didn't really want to get up at 7 a.m. to watch this game. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's another strike against you. So you made one good move <laughs> to be on the pod and now you've made a bad move. So, uh, okay. Anyways, I guess the big question is what did we learn about Man City and Chelsea in terms of lineups? A couple things that I'd just like to point out. We'll start with Chelsea because they were the far less impressive side. Uh, David Luiz did get a start in the center back. A lot of managers are looking at him. Uh, so it does look like he's probably going to get the nod for game week one. That said, the defense wasn't entirely sure of itself the entire time. So who knows? That could definitely get mixed up. One thing that was certain, though, was Alonzo and Aspi were far less attacking than most managers were hoping that they were going to be. Uh, part of that was because of City's kind of relentless attack. Um, the fact that City really pushed their outside backs up the pitch and didn't allow uh, for, for Chelsea to counter very much. Uh, but part of that was also looked to be a little bit uh, an issue of the system as well. The holding midfielders um, were, were not getting the ball maybe as much as uh, Sari had hoped that they would. A couple other things I just wanted to point out. So Pedro um, was kind of unimpressive, but he did get the start. Um, he had a couple of moments where he was decent taking guys on, but honestly, going against Mendy, who was playing in the left back spot, I mean, 
Mendy's just so pacey and powerful and good on the ball, and it was really hard on Pedro. Um, what did you read about Chelsea, or what were your thoughts on the Chelsea players, Jake? Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, watching them play versus Arsenal, they looked so much better. And, I mean, don't forget, Man City was the squad that won everything last year and broke countless records. And oh, really? And defensively, they were still a good team. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think, kind of agree with what you said, um, what I've been reading. I, th- I mean, it's interesting that Will I Am got subbed in really late in the game. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I think... Hudson Adoy, people have talked about as a really low budget option playing on the left side, which we'll talk about today. Um, but he's not as nailed. I do think Pedro's nailed, and I think that I shouldn't say nailed, but I think Pedro's a good chance to start game week one. But you know, good news, he's going against Huddersfield, and he's not going to be going against Man City again. So true. On City side, it was interesting as well. So uh, uh, Bilva had a really good match, and Pep had huge praise for him afterwards. It was interesting. He played in that kind of attacking mid-roll right behind Aguero, which um, I know he played there a bit last year, but for the most part last year, he was pushed kind of out wide. Um, Mahrez started on the right, uh, Sané on the left, um, Mendy in behind uh, Sané, and Sané had a pretty rough game, in my opinion. I mean, he had one chance where he was in, his touch kind of let him down. Um, you know, he's playing very wide as usual, kind of Pep's big thing with him. Um, but he, uh, he was subbed at halftime with apparently a little knock. Aguero started in that central striker role, banged two goals, looked really clinical as usual. Um, Mahrez looked pretty decent, found himself in some dangerous space. So that's positive for the Mahrez owners. Um, but I think really the most important takeaway from this was, uh, Bilva. What's going on there? We've talked about him off the pod. I don't remember if we talked about him in the mid-range a lot, but I've been a fan the whole time, um, and I still have him in my team. He's, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the new Dilva um, to start the season, but I'm, I'm in the camp of take a risk with him. There's so many players in that uh, price range that you can switch to if he all of a sudden isn't playing as much or doesn't start out and do very well, but he's been the focal point for a lot of goals um, and a lot of uh, preseason games so far, which doesn't always translate, but I like him. I agree with Sané. At first, I was like, you know, I think he's worth uh, having in your squad um, with all the other players getting back from the World Cup, like De Bruyne, Sterling, but he's been so poor, I would not risk it. Um, and also I think Mendy now we can be a little bit more like, Hey, I think he's going to play. He's 0.5 cheaper than, um, Otamendi who seems the most nailed center back. So I'm, I'm interested in him as well. Yeah. One thing I like with Bilva is, you know, at 7.5, we know there's going to be a lot of rotation through that Man City team, no matter what. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of nice. Like if you can go with that, that 7.5 option, uh, because, I think he's going to play every game, whether it be in a starting role or coming on, off the bench. And so you can really, we talked about this in our mid-price pod, you can you can really swallow it a bit more at 7.5 rather than at 9.5 with Sané or even 9 with Mahrez. Yeah, definitely. And did they play a true 4-1-4-1? That's what like, I was reading a little bit, but I'm not sure if that's what it truly looked like. Well, it kind of was, but uh, Foden and uh, Bilva were playing kind of in front of Fernandinho. Uh, and we're, okay. we're getting forward. I do think that 
Fernandinho's probably the one that's going to be on the way out. I could see Kev coming in there and uh, and Dilva playing in those other two roles. Uh, so anyways, I'm liking Bilva right now. I'm thinking I might switch to him for my personal team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just get into uh, budget fudget here. Um, so budget players are pretty tough, um, especially this year. In, the, in years past, it seemed to me at least like there were a few guys that a lot of people in the FPL community were really heavy on. Uh, and this year, it seems to be a lot more diverse in terms of the players that people are selecting. Uh, that's probably a good thing for the game. Um, but in terms of structure and uh, team building, you know, how many of these budget players do you think we really should have? And do you think that they're essential to team structure, Jake? I think I'm in the camp that your third forward needs to be a budget um, forward. Uh, <clears throat> we're transitioning into uh, like a, a formation or a points where like forwards just don't score as much. And the ones that do, that are premium, cost way too much. There's no way that you can have three very, very good forwards on your team. Um, even doing like a 11 and a 7 and a 7, you just are going to have a weak team in your defense or midfield, and I don't think it's worth it because those players are more consistent. So I'm a big fan of getting one budget forward. And then I think that depending on how you want to play it, if you want to be a little bit more um, balanced in your back line, maybe just one budget defender. If you want to be a little bit more balanced in your midfield, um, maybe two budget defenders. So Yeah. That's basically kind of where I fall as well. Uh, budget forward for sure. Uh, I am going to go with one budget mid and one budget defender as well. I think that there's some value in the defense, which we'll talk about soon. Uh, in the midfield, it's a little bit harder in the forward line, but I think that there's something that we can find there to make it work. Um, what are you looking for from your budget players? Yeah, I, this is kind of where I fall in the camp of a lot of upside, um, being that these guys play maybe higher in position than what they're truly marked in the FPL game, um, maybe playing for a big side and actually getting starts because we know big sides are more likely to score goals. Um, or you can try the route of just going with like consistency where you know they're going to start every game and you just use them in matchups where that team who's it's probably more of a bottom table team is against another bad bottom table team yeah well i mean i think no offense but i think it's kind of obvious right that when you pick up any player in the game out you want him to perform at a higher level than what you're paying for yeah yeah definitely but i do think there's some good options this year that interestingly the fpl community the percentage wise it doesn't really make sense to me um, we'll get into it more soon. So Okay. Yeah, for me, the big thing is just playing. Like, I want guys that are going to get minutes. I'm actually really not looking for, uh, like, big point hauls from these players. Uh, it's nice if you can get lucky and catch a player that has a nice price rise. Like, I'm thinking Hagazi last year went from, like, 4.5 to 5.1 or something or 5.2 in the first six or eight game weeks because he banged a few goals and got a clean sheet or two. Um, you know, but that's pretty lucky. I'm looking for players that are just going to get minutes in case somebody on my team needs to be subbed in an emergency situation, uh, or, um, you know, somebody gets hurt or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, 
that's kind of the foundations then of the budget players. Uh, of course, we need to do a super serial FPL question before we actually get into the meat of the pod. Um, the pod is called Budget Fudget, so you know what time that means for us, Jake, don't you? Yeah, def- definitely. Like, what, what type of fudge we like, right? Yeah, Jake, you love fudge. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you, know, you do. Turtle fudge... Yeah. Mint fudge, mm. all that stuff. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you fudge it, don't you? I don't know what that means. Yes, you do. Okay. Well, you know what time it is, Jake, and we're bringing it back. We haven't had it in the pod yet this year. Fuck one, add one, drop one, and this year marry one. All okay. in one pod. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm good. For those that are new to the pod this year, this was a staple of last year's pod. We did it like three or four times throughout the season to great fanfare uh in this game uh jake is going to be presented with four players this time instead of three he has to choose uh one player that he would engage in sexual relations with hilarious because it's jake uh he has to add one to his team he has to drop one to never be added again and he has to marry one just because i think that's funny for jake and if I marry them, I don't have sexual relations with them, or do I? Jake, does anyone that's married have sexual relationships with their wives? Ah, good point, good point. Ah, wife jokes. Nailed it. All right, all right, All right, let's, let's do it. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Here are your four players. I picked the four players that were top-owned percentage-wise by position in the game, currently, as of uh, Sunday. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, top-owned goalkeeper is De Gea. Top-owned defender, which was really interesting to me, is Trippier. Uh, top-owned midfielder is Sala. And top-owned forward is Firmino. So you need to fuck one, add one, drop one, marry one. De Gea, Trippier, Sala, and Firmino. Ready, set, go. Okay. Um, I thought like budget players would have made this more interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. I think this works easy. I would add Sala cause you know, who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, drop Trippier. That's interesting. I don't know what people are seeing in that. Um, okay. That's fair. And then, oof. Uh, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. You know, consider consider cultural norms, consider looks, consider you know Wait, who's, who's gonna who's make the you forward again? Firmino. Firmino. Oh man. Who's gonna make uh, you feel like a man, you know? <sighs> I guess I think I would be married to De Gea and then have to fuck Firmino. With all those teeth, you're gonna do that with him? Yeah, he definitely can't smile while I do it. (laughs) Can you imagine him smiling and with his blonde hair while it's all happening? Yeah, no. I don't know if I could get hard, but I don't know. Uh, Jake, you didn't need to say that on the pod. (laughs) Okay, okay. I will not we can cut. We can cut that out. No, we're not taking that out. That is staying in the pod now. Everyone's going to know. I'm sending that to Firmino. He deserves to know. (laughs) Well, eh, I'm just, yeah. Also interesting that he's the most owned. Is he going to be ready game week one? Like two of the four players on here? Not even maybe going to play right away? Well, Firmino played yesterday. Oh, he did play. That's right. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Why would you marry De Gea, though? (sighs) Yeah, I think that, 
you know, we'd, we'd have a good partnership. We'd mm-hmm. get along. I could, you know, help him train, take some shots. Never, never score. Never score. Build up his confidence. We'd, you know, I, I would imagine we'd have like good Spanish wine and like seaside, like dinners, you know, walks on the oh. beach. I think it'd be good. That's cute. Yeah. That's so, kind of, I'm not, all right. right. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not sure what province of Spain he'd be, you know, from, but it would be nice to go like visit his family and stuff like that. So, oh, you're really letting yourself get deep into this fantasy, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the best way to do it. You're so. meeting his family. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, that was, that was great. All right. Good. Super serial. Uh, are you ready to get into the meat of it here? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. We'll take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to handle specific players in the fudget budget price range stay tuned okay we're back just needed to give jake a little bit of time to get his pants under control after thinking about firmino and De Gea. uh jake you okay over there now yeah i'm good i'm good i'm right are you sure yep yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Uh, let's get into goalkeepers then. Um, we're going to classify budget goalkeepers as 4.5 or lower. Uh, there's quite a few goalkeepers in this category, and we talked a little earlier in the pod about kind of how best to manage them or the different trains of thought, at least, in selecting goalkeepers. So we just thought we'd hit on a few guys that we think might have decent years, uh, and that could be selection uh, pieces for your team. Uh, for me, I'm kind of on Patricio right now from Wolves. Um, Wolverhampton had a pretty solid year last year. They've added some strength to their defensive line this year. Uh, they're relatively organized, according to most of the preseason reports. And Patricio is a, a very strong goalkeeper um, who's, who's known to make uh, a lot of very spectacular saves and tends to be a pretty decent penalty stopper as well. Uh, Jake, Patricio, yes or no? Yes. Currently in my team, agree with everything. I think uh, he's most likely to get a lot more cleans than any other side that's newly promoted. Um, and he plays for Portugal. Like he's a world class goalkeeper. Surprising that he's that cheap to me. Yeah, Wolves is really interesting, actually. Um, Vegas odds has them at I think the they have the the eighth best odds of all the Premier League teams to win the league. Now, I know that that doesn't mean a lot, but they're ranked far higher than a lot of other teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think they have a good team, and um, I think that they they brought in some some players that make their team better offensively and defensively, and he's going to get a, a fair amount of cleans, but he's also going to get save points. He's a, he's a good all-around option, and he's been in my side for a long time, and he's not going to be leaving. Even if I go up with another goalkeeper, unless I decide to go to a four, um, who's not going to play, he's going to be in my squad. So you said that you're probably going to pair a goalkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. What other goalkeepers would you pair with him? Yeah, that's the tricky part. Currently, I have Begovic more just because his starting games are pretty easy um he has i think cardiff and um another uh, at home against everton which isn't fantastic um and then a few other not so terrible games he i'm not completely sold on him i do like ryan um for brighton i think brighton's a pretty solid team um 
you could make the ar- argument for Fabianski, floppy hands. He's he's a good goalkeeper. I'm just I'm a little I don't like the fact that so many people own him because if I start with him and he just doesn't do well to begin with, I don't want him to drop a ton in price. Um, so I'm staying away from him. I wish the Crystal Palace situation was a little bit clearer. Um, cause I think Crystal uh, Palace's Crystal. defense is better. Yeah. Like, I see what you did there. Yeah. I, I currently, I'm currently hopping on the Crystal Palace train. So, um, I've never done that before, but I like the way they finished the season, but they're, their goalkeeper situation is very unclear to me right now. Yeah, we really don't know what's going on there. There's been some rotation uh, through the goalkeeper positions. I think they've had three different goalkeepers play in the preseason here, uh, making it pretty challenging. Uh, hopefully, Roy comes out and says something about who might be the starter for game week one. I would be apt to jump on that. Crystal Palace has a nice run. You know, you spoke about Flappy Hansky. Um, one of the concerns is that he had a ton of saves last year. Okay, so he finished with 137 saves. He finished third overall in goalkeeping, goalkeeper scoring. Just to give you like some perspective, Ederson, who finished with one point more than him and finished second overall, had only 58 saves last year. So some people would say, oh, that means that uh, Fabianski makes a lot of saves. But making saves is really dependent upon the defense that's in front of you. And so... Flappy Hansky is playing with West Ham this year. I know that West Ham is not a great defensive team, but they have added so much to that team this year. Uh, Pellegrini is going to have them far more organized, uh, and it's, it's unlikely that he'll even face as many shots. Yeah, I agree. That's another reason to be a little bit careful with him. What? How do you feel about uh, Foster for Watford? That's another guy I'm like semi-considering switching out with Begovic, but I want to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I kind of like Foster. Um, what is their What are their fixtures looking like? They're not too bad. They start the season at home against Brighton, away against Burnley, who we know Burnley's not that great offensively. Yep. Uh, at home against Crystal Palace, and then they have a few tough games. Um, against Spurs, Man United, Fulham, Arsenal, and then a, a couple more easy games. So he was interesting. I was reading a lot into him. He didn't save any penalties last year, had a fair amount of points, got bonus points, now is going to be on a little bit better of a team. Um, but his expected goals are very high. No goalkeeper um or expected goals against no goalkeeper had a higher number than him so hmm. that's where i was a little bit like eh should i read into that should i not i don't know so. yeah it's always hard i mean expected goal is a great statistic but sometimes it can there's just so many factors which influence which what happens to expected goals and expected goals against that it can become a bit complex to overanalyze yeah, so he's just someone I'm I'm maybe considering to start alongside Patricio. Um, I think that when he is going against Man City game week three, Foster is going at home against Crystal Palace, so not terrible, something to consider. Yeah. The only, I think, 4.0 potentially starting goalkeeper that's out there um, that has had significant preseason minutes i think is ben hammer from huddersfield uh he's had a number of of preseason starts um so a lot of people are keeping their eye on him so just for managers out there i'd I'd watch that situation could be an interesting backup goalkeeper to start your season and then maybe he slides full time into that spot 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's good for goalkeepers unless you had anything else to add. No. Let's roll on. Where do you want to start with defenders? Ooh, where don't I want to start with defenders? Okay. Um, let's start let's start with Crystal Palace, because I'm excited about Crystal Palace. Um why don't you do you want to talk about uh the four option? Yeah, so Obi-Wan Basaka is the the four uh option at Crystal Clear Palace. Um you know, a player that has played in almost all the preseason matches. I think he only didn't play in one, and I believe he started in every other one. So it does look like he's going to be the guy. I believe he plays on the left side. Uh, you know, he's an attacking player. He likes to get forward, but he's very quick as well, so they like him in that position. But there are some other options as well uh, at Crystal Palace, right? Yeah, so I'll talk about my favorite option. I currently have both these guys, Obi-Wan, you know, because... You know, the force be with you, but also I have Schlupp um, on my team because he's been playing in the left uh, midfield um, and is currently listed in FPL as a defender at 4.5, uh, is owned by less than 1% of teams, um, and he's been actually getting some assists here and there, so I'm considering taking a shot on him. So, Who is he playing over? Um, he, I guess I don't, so it's been, I would have to think about it. It's been Sorloth up top and, and Benteke. Zaha on the right. Um, I forget who's playing in their attacking midfield role. And then I guess on the left, I'm, let me look at their team real quick because I, I was surprised by it. And I'm a little bit like worried. Like, am I like just overreading this? Cause no one else like you know, has him on their team, but, um, well, why are you telling everyone then Jake, this was our little secret. Yeah, it is our little secret. I guess I'm trying to make people feel like, I don't know, I guess is Townsend maybe like, yeah, I thought Townsend was in that left side, like wing back position that he was playing, but yeah, maybe, I don't know, but Townsend's been playing as well. I'll have to do a little bit more looking into that, but he's someone to keep an eye on. For sure. Um, and I mean, they did bring in Max Meyer. I don't know what his role is going to be for the team too, but I don't know. I guess there's a bunch of other 4.5s I can switch him to, and he's not going to drop in price because no one owns him. So yeah, we'll that's see. fair. The other guys, I guess I just hit really quick. The other 4.0 players that potentially might start the season: um, Bednarik, uh, Peltier, Malone, and Zanka. Um, these are guys that have just kind of shown up a lot in the FPL. Uh, Twitterverse. Uh, these are guys that a lot of people are using as enablers. So, um, you know, you, you bring this 4.0 player in kind of as like your last player on your bench, uh, but hope that he's just getting minutes to have some some funds to go elsewhere. Per- currently, I think the best of all those picks is Obi-Wan Basaka, uh, just because he's most likely to play long term, not just in game week one and game week two. Yeah, I agree. And then also there's Tompkins, who's 4.5 and has been playing uh, for Crystal Palace as well. So. Yeah, Tompkins is a kind of a crowd favorite right now. I, mm-hmm. he, he's second right now in percentage, in owner percentage, in this price category of 4.5 or less for defenders, uh, topped only by Daniels over at Bournemouth, which I really do not understand. Yeah, I was actually going to say, too, we should probably talk about Daniels, like, I don't see it. I don't I don't think 
he's even necessarily going to start for them. Um, so I don't see why so many people are owning him. I'm glad to see that, I guess, because it means I'll just be moving up in the standings. But He's like a kind of one of those players of old where, you know, maybe managers that played five years ago were like, oh, Daniels, he's an attacking fullback that's going to get forward and get me goals. And it just hasn't happened. Yeah, I think there's a lot of other better options like i know brighton hove Albion have a lot of tough games uh right off the bat but like duncan duffy get up in the attack just as much as daniels do they they're different in the fact that they get a lot more headed opportunities but you know better defense more likely to play just as good of goal scoring school scoring opportunities like those guys would be much more likely to be in my team than daniels yeah Another guy that's kind of a crowd favorite is uh, Cedric uh, Soares from Southampton. Um, I mean, one thing just to keep in mind with him is it sounds like he's probably not going to play game week one. Uh, He's been out like five days maybe of training with, uh, I think, a stomach bug or something. He's been sick, so he's not been playing. So just keep that in mind. Um, I don't know. Southampton has some okay fixtures. uh, Nothing like terribly difficult. They're probably going to be better this year. Well, they are almost certainly will be better this year than last year because they were terrible. Uh, but there's a chance that, you know, Southampton could have some good, some good uh, results early in the year. Yeah, no, he's someone that I, I think it's a little bit more reasonable that he's owned by so many more people. But again, he, he did better toward the end of the year. So worth it. But with so many people owning him, I'd be much more worried that he doesn't play game week one. A ton of people jump ship, you know, rapidly because they're like, oh, I can't have someone like that on my team. Maybe he has another game, bad game week and more people jump off the bandwagon. I, I think that's more likely to happen with him. Yeah, I guess that before we go to mids then, or uh, I think one good thing to talk about would just be this idea that you've brought up a couple times. Maybe this is just for the newer managers out there. But um, one thing that tends to happen with these guys that are kind of in this budget price range is a lot of managers because of like, herd theory or herd think people will all jump on board with one or two or three players at a very high ownership thinking that hey this guy's for he's at 4.0 or he's at 4.5 and he's for sure going to play and then the season begins and something happens with lineup or some information comes out that we didn't know or the manager just decides that he wasn't really interested in him and that player gets dropped from his actual side uh, what then happens is this mass exodus of this player in the FPL game, and the price can drop super, super fast. Um, I was actually reading an article uh, just two days ago that was talking about uh, about 30 to 40 percent of the price changes. Uh, I think, oh, excuse me, I think it was about 38 percent of the fi- price changes take place in the first six weeks of the game. So the majority of price changes take place really, really early in the season. Partly because there's so many more managers that are involved, there's less dead teams, but also because managers tend to move those high ownership, low budget players quickly from their teams if they don't play. Yeah, I agree. So um, anyone else that you think we should discuss, though, like I do think maybe like Bowley for Wolves is an interesting guy to consider if you're not going to go Patricio and you want a 4.5 option for Wolves. Um, He's he's probably going to start a lot of games i'm not sure how much attacking return he's going to give you but he's a 4.5 option so yeah i agree i'm just on patricio and i'm not going to double up on 
uh, mm-hmm. two Wolves defenders, but I, I do see that as another option for a 4.5. Any Anybody from uh, West Ham that interests you? Not really, no. Yeah, I guess their fixtures are pretty rough. But yeah, I so. just couldn't couldn't even touch them because I wouldn't be able to put them in. You wouldn't even be able to put them on your team for the first eight weeks. Yeah, that's true. And then the only other uh, defender, again, like not the best defensive team, but who knows? But Everton, uh, Jagielka, does he interest you at all? He's been playing a little bit in preseason. Yeah, I'm just concerned, like about how that Everton back line is really going to shape up. They've got a lot of options back there. Um, I I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? I could see it because um, they have like better fixtures, but you're going to have to really keep a close eye. And I, that would be my main concern is, is he truly going to, to play? Um, but just an interesting guy to keep, keep an eye on as well. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get out of the defense. It's the defense. Isn't that exciting? It bores you. Uh, yeah. Tell it bores you. The midfield is like not that exciting either. Actually. I think this year we really need to figure out the forward position, but we'll do mids next. We'll, we'll keep it in order deal. Yeah, definitely. What is our midfield price? 5.5 and below? Did we do 6? Uh, 6.0 or lower. 6.0 oh, yeah, that's lower. more exciting. We'll yeah. Some players. So I guess the first thing to kind of just talk about is the the holding midfielder trap that a lot of managers fall into when they have uh, a kind of a budget midfielder. So what a lot of guys will do is they'll see like, oh, there's a, you know, there's a player on uh, a top six side that he's super, super cheap and I can afford him. And so I'm just going to bring him into my team. He's in that midfield position, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe a, a Jorginho or something like that, right? Like a player or Conte, I guess is a better example. Like a Conte who, uh, he's, he's at five by a lot of players, right? Yeah. A lot really, of FPL teams, so. really high percentage. He's at 17% ownership. Now the issue is Conte is not a, a bad player by any means. He's spectacular. He just doesn't have a lot of fantasy upside. Um, and for five, uh, you expect somebody to at least like be getting some sort of returns. Now he did get a hundred points this last year, which uh, is not terrible by any means. Um, but just be careful when you're selecting players to to maybe not get too hung up on those defensive midfielding midfield players. Uh, they just don't get enough returns. Yeah, I think that's a good shout out. Who are your uh, your favorite mids in that six or lower range? Uh, two guys at the 6.0 um, interest me. Uh, I think one of them is going to interest you as well because you had him in your team last year, if I remember right. But uh, Good Munson and then Townsend are the two guys that I think are worth, if you're going to be in that range, you could you could consider paying for them. Yeah, I love Goodmanson. Yeah, I, well, I mean, talk about why you like him a lot. Okay, I will, Jake. He's five foot eleven. he's got blonde hair. Uh, okay. No, that's not the reason. No, I uh, I really like him just because he's in attacking positions most of the time on the pitch. Uh, his price is right. Uh, he's on a ton of free kicks. Um, and last year, I mean, his returns were really, really strong last year. Um, I, you know, I brought him in like kind of as a punt last year, uh, but he ended up producing way more than I had thought. Uh, he finished on 117 points, and in that second half of the year, he had a ton of uh, assists, and he even picked up a goal or two. Um, I think he's a player that could do that again this year uh, for Burnley, just because of the amount of free kicks that he's on. Yeah, and they have not ter- they have pretty good fixtures to start the year, so he's someone that would be interesting. And then I like Townsend again. I think Crystal Palace's offense is one of the best outside the top six. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of chances created on that team. He likes to get forward. 
Um, so he's someone I would also consider. Also ended up in the same like total points at the end of the season. Interestingly enough, uh, they both finished with two goals and nine assists each. So, hmm. Yeah, two players definitely to keep an eye on. Um, who else do you like there? Uh, I mean, Richie might not be a terrible idea, but with their terrible fixtures to start, I would stay away. <sighs> Brighton, Hove Albion again, like a, maybe a little bit better of a team. And there's Izquierdo at, sitting at six. He seemed to like pass the eye test, I guess I mm-hmm. would say, later in the season. But I I wouldn't invest in him. But some people may take the risk, so. Yeah, he's at 0.6% ownership, so that's not many managers. But, uh, yeah, he definitely last year, that's a good way to say it. I mean, he had some play last year that was uh, really, really impressive wing play, kind of getting in behind defenders. And he definitely has that, passed that eye test, like you said. Yeah, I think that's about it for me in the, the six range. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, like, newly promoted guys there? I don't think so, so... <laughs> well, Andre Schuller uh, from Fulham is oh, an interesting kind of wing option. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that he was seems... re- really insightful, Jake. Thanks. He gets he gets broken, but I do... I mean, he's going to play in the left side of that front line, I think. Um, or is it the... Well, yeah, left side. Um, so he's someone that... Fulham again don't have terrible fixtures, so you could, yeah. you could consider. Uh, I do like personally. We didn't get to talk about him um, because he wasn't in FPL, I think. But I do like Mitrovic a little bit more, mm-hmm. although you're paying point five mil more for him. So yeah, one player I would keep an eye on this year, who's kind of always been my boy, but Jordan Ibe over at Bournemouth. Uh, his like kind of non FPL stats last year were really really high, like shots. Uh, shots on target, chances created, things of that nature. He really exploded last year and was really solid in that fashion. Uh, I brought him in and had like mixed success with him, but kind of a player to keep an eye on. If he continues to solidify himself in that Bournemouth team at 5.5, he could be a great uh, attacking option there. Yeah, I agree. Um, other 5.5 guys... We're getting more into like the the promoted sides, um, so we can talk about those guys. I think that uh, Stefan Johansson for Fulham is another guy to consider because he takes more free kicks. I think that when you're paying minimum price, if you can get a player that does something like that, it really boosts your chances to get returns. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah, I don't know. No, I just I wanted to just comment that I I really agree there. I think that in this price range, that's one of the things that you should look for is you should look for like central midfield players. Maybe um, sometimes you get lucky and you can get like outside midfield players, uh, but players that are going to be on the ball during free kick opportunities. It's sometimes hard to know exactly who that is. There's some nice articles online uh, that some people have posted. Um, I know like Fantasy Football Scout does uh, like a maybe a member section. Jake, is that right? That like lists all the free kick takers. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would have to double check if they've kind of altered it. But yeah, they they give you like their number one and twos yeah. for a couple spots that they think. And I think that's I find that very useful. So yeah, me too. Because it's all like we've talked about before, just about increasing your chances of of success, right? And so in this case, just having, especially with the promoted sites, having a guy that's on the ball during free kicks, uh, you know, gives you a better chance of possibly getting points. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyone from the other promoted sides that you think worth talking about? Yeah, not really. 
not really. I, I mean, again, I think a lot of a lot of guys are owning Nevis for Wolves. Oh uh, um, yeah, ta- good point, good call. Takes a lot of outside shots, so does shoot the ball a lot. I'm I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. I think um, if anything, Costa would have been a better choice. But now I'm a little bit worried with Jimenez, Moutinho, and and Jota all on that team. He I think he may still be playing on the left wing there, but we have to keep an eye on him. Yeah, that we need to sort out for sure. So Wolves, I think, actually has some potential value there with Costa and Neves. Um, at 5.0 but we don't know exactly how that lineup is going to shake out um, partly just because it's preseason but um, you know who knows especially when we get in with those promoted sides into the start of the Premier League season sometimes those lineups can be a little volatile yeah definitely and then Cardiff I would uh, maybe Hoyet hold yet I should pro- probably uh, learn how to yay, pronounce his name Jake. we'll just call him Junior we'll just call him Junior Junior that's uh, how we know him as yeah, he's he's gotten some created some good chances, and there's a lot of talk about him being a good player. But they have terrible fixtures to start, yeah. so I would stay away from him. Yeah. Okay, can we do forwards? No, we still have other midfielders to talk. Who? About. Who? Go tell me okay. another midfielder. What about Gray? Are you interested at all for Leicester? No. Oh shoot! Okay. Yes. All right, I am. I lied. Yeah. See. Yeah. What is he at priced at right now? Five point five. Yeah, he's on my watch list too. Uh, God, I guess we have to talk about him, don't we? Yeah, I think he's worth considering. Um, I think Madison also just picked up a knock, so maybe a little bit more likely to play. Um, and someone's going to have to pass the ball to, to Vardy and, you know, their forwards. Yeah, God, Gray was electric last year. I loved watching him play when he was on the pitch. Yeah, so, I mean, someone to keep an eye on. Their fixtures actually aren't too bad to start the season either, so. All right, you win. You're right. There's other players to talk about. Yeah, and then Hudson Odoi, my boy. Your boy, Odoi, Odoi, your boy? Odoi, my boy, yeah. No, I have him in my side right now. He's a little bit of a risk. Um, Yeah, he frees up a lot more. Well, currently I went up to Aguero because of, you know, just banging two goals today. I'm like, I want him. He allows me to do that. I don't know, though. I'm a little bit worried that once season starts, like, you know, sorry, he's like, I, I can't play a guy like that on my team. Um, but he's he's looked good. Uh, drew a penalty against Arsenal. He's pretty fast, physical, looks good on the ball. So at 4.5, playing for a top six side and maybe getting starts, he's definitely worth considering. To well, it's just so dependent on what help happens at Chelsea there. You know, is Hazard there? Does Willian leave? I mean, it looks yeah. like William's probably going to be there now. Uh, yeah, so maybe a little bit less likely to play then. But right, okay. Who else you got on your list? Um, that's that's more of who I had in the midfield. Um, no one else is really super interesting to me. Um, so yeah. Okay, so I think then we should jump to forwards because that's what I'm most interested in talking about. All right, let's talk. To, let's talk about forwards. Okay, I have a pretty big list here, but here's the issue this year. We've already talked about it a little bit, but if you're going to have an 11 mil forward, you almost need to have two guys in this kind of like six five and lower zone to be able to afford decent balance in the rest of the team. Um, I know some people will go like 11, seven with like an Arnautovic or Zaha, and then go super low, like a 4.5 or a five. Um, 
you know, but, but some people might also go like 11 and then like two 6.5 or lower. Um, so a lot of different guys this year, it's freeing up a lot of space. Let's just kind of like start from the top. I think one of the more interesting guys that a lot of people have in their team, I think he's one of the top owned players in this price bracket. He is the top owned is uh camera from Fulham. Uh, he's a winger for them. Uh, and he had a really good season last season. Uh, the issue is that they've now brought some players in, Fulham has, and it's, you know, his like starting spot is kind of up for grabs. He's, he did score, I believe, yesterday in the preseason match, but there's some concern over his minutes. Yeah, I was glad to see him score because I'm like, more people are going to own him where I'm like, completely stay away. He's not, you know, he's not going to play much. I feel like, He's going to be rotated. Um, they're not going to be playing against crappy competition. Um, so he's a big no-no. And again, one of those guys like Daniels where I'm like, why are so many people owning him? Before like before Mitrovic came, I could kind of see the argument. But now it's like, stay away. So. Yeah, but he's at 4.5, Jake. Yeah, but you're also never going to play him. So I guess that's Ex- fine. But yeah, exactly. Better... So, so what if, let me just throw this out there then, like, what if you have him on your team at 4.5 and he just comes on as a sub every match? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. You just, I think there's better options that may actually give you returns. At 4.5? A little, no, not at 4.5. So that's the issue, right? Like there's almost yeah. nobody at 4.5 that will even see the pitch this year in FPL. Yeah, but I, I think he's not going to see the pitch either. I really don't. So <clears throat> I I disagree. Do you have what do you have in your throat? Is Firmino oh, over sorry. there right now? No, I'm just recovering from illness. It's like I'm dying some days. Right. I don't know. Gargling so. on Firmino. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite guy? In, I I mean that's not my favorite guy, but who's your favorite guy in the price bracket? I, six, I don't six want point anybody. Five or oh, Nobody. <clears throat> no, I don't want anyone that's four point five on my team. Um, I think that. Austin's interesting to me. Obviously, you're paying 1.5 more mil than the guy you're talking about. But if he, it's hard with Gabbiadini there, but Austin creates the most chances um, of any of these players per minute. Um, and it also looks like they're going to go two up front. Yeah. So if they go two up front, I think he's someone to strongly consider. Uh, he gets injured like every few games um so if he stays <laughs> healthy true. he's worth it but he his minute per chance average is 21.5 only inferior to Kane, Giroud and Aguero among strikers with 20 plus appearances. Yeah, that's really Does that not I mean yeah, for that crazy. cost it's crazy. Well, I so. know it's it's insane like in 2014-15 he had 18 goals and 8 assists. He finished with 176 fantasy points. And every year after that, he's had a serious injury and been hurt for large chunks of the season. Yeah, so I mean, currently I I have Jimenez on my team. I like him for Wolves, uh, brought in. I know that's always a little bit scary um, because it's like playing in the EPL. It's a little bit hard to get accustomed to. um, But I'm really tempted to to find that extra point five to boost up to Austin and see if he's worth it in the beginning of the season. So Jimenez is another player that I kind of have on my team. Um, is he going to play centrally for them? Yeah, he's. I, I, he seems to be going to play centrally. For they them. just bought him, right? Yes, just bought him. 
Okay. So, so is this outrageous? Like, what if you had a front line of like Aguero or Obama man, and then you had Austin and Jimenez? Yeah, I think that's definitely really reasonable. I think people would argue maybe try to get one seven mil forward, but if you want to use that money somewhere else, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. So. I don't know. I guess I'm still like, so one thing I'm wrestling with just my personal team is I'm trying to figure out like, I know Arnie has rough fixtures and that we kind of argued that he's a bit fixture proof, but you know, Chicharito played in the last game and they pushed Arnie out wider and that makes me less attracted to him. Uh, and Zaha, although he's been very good in preseason is far more likely to play pushed out a little bit further towards the wing than he is up top. Um, I know that there's been some talk that maybe they would kind of go to like a two striker system where he would play off like a Benteke or Sorloth, but it looks like he's just going to get pushed out wide, like as a winger. And so I, I'm just so, I have a hard time spending seven on a player that's going to basically be playing out wide there. And he's categorized as a forward. Yeah, I agree. That's really frustrating to me um, that these guys made the jump, but I guess I understand why FPL had to do it. Yeah. Um, But I do think that for Zaha, we do know he just seems to tear apart poor competition. He's still someone that I would consider maybe in the beginning of the year. Um, Other players that interest me at 6.0, you're not going to get weekly returns, but there's a chance they score, I think, uh, Gray and Dini for Watford. Like Watford mm-hmm. always seems to start the season pretty well. Um, Silva's no longer there, but I don't think that's necessarily a terrible thing for them. Um, so those guys, I think, are solid options at that cost. And then I think now Ashley Barnes, granted he will have to play in Europa too right now at this point, but with Wood injured, we'll have to see how serious it is. Yeah. Um, but he's someone's going to have to play up top. Vokes as yeah, it'll well. Yeah, be, so. be Barnes or the Volkswagen, one of the two. Yeah, and Barnes is better. He creates a lot of oh, shots, yeah. Yeah. so he's worth considering. Okay. Um, the other guy that I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about is King over at Bournemouth. Uh, he's had a really, really good preseason. If you kind of remember, I don't know if that was not last year, but the year before, I believe. Yes, it was the year before. Uh, he had a pretty big FPL season, finishing on 178 points. Uh, now, that year he was categorized as a midfielder, so he picked up uh, nine clean sheet points, and his bonus points, I think, were calculated slightly differently, but he finished on 16 goals and three assists. The guy definitely has the ability to score. Last year, he played a few less minutes. He had some nagging injuries. He played a little out of position, but this year it looks like he'll be up top. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some talk that he might be like in the cam role, though. Oh, okay. Um, a little bit so definitely someone i'm keeping an eye on um i do think that again it's so hard with this position which is why you know like now i'm feeling the need to have like a a more solidified forward and and even considering doing like an aguero and firmino so i don't have to worry about it but again as as i talked about with the defenders the, the players that tend to drop the most price, um, and obviously not all of them, but probably 9 out of 10, 
is the seven to six uh, priced forward. So Mm -hmm. one of these guys is probably going to start the season off on a hot streak and go up a ton, but almost every single other one is going to drop. So I agree. Like, like you kind of were saying earlier, going with a really cheap forward option and then maybe just one guy in this price range and one higher priced forward is, is the better way to go. Yeah. I feel like there's enough guys like in the, I don't know, six to seven range that I could kind of slide between if I needed to, if somebody really did bomb. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that statement. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit tricky too. You could take a punt on um, Lester. Uh, yeah, you know, I can't say his name. Kalichi. Kalichi. Uh Do you want a nacho? Um, but <laughs> do you want a nacho? Yeah, there you go. You got it, Jake. Yeah, he might start up top with Vardy being out. Um, I don't know if he's going to get playtime once Vardy gets back, but he also scored a couple goals um, playing at the striker position. So maybe start him week one and, and then switch him to someone else if you want later. But that's pretty risky. So. Yeah. I guess it's going to be, a, especially with these strikers, I, I feel like this is going to be a little bit more of a, either you get lucky or you have to react early with these players. Yeah. Um, they're hard to pick. Uh, there's a lot of guys kind of in that price range. And I think most managers that know it's good for them are going to have to have a player or two in this range. Yeah, definitely. Do you hate Ben Teke? A lot of people have very strong hate for him. So. I, d- I don't think he's very good, if that's yeah. what you're asking. Um, I also don't really understand why they continue to put him as the central striker there. Um, you know, like, Sorloth has been really good in the preseason. And last year when, when Ben Teke went down, it was like the resurgence of Crystal Palace. They got so much better. Yeah, I I had Sorloth in my team for a little bit and was kind of hoping Benteke wouldn't come back. And now I'm like, ah, he's back. He's going up top. This is great. Yeah, so. it looks like Sorloth and uh, or Sorloth will probably be out because Benteke and Ings will both be in front of him if Ings yeah. makes the move. But it sounds like he will. Yes, mm-hmm. um, which will be interesting. I guess we can talk about Mitrovic because we can do six point five. So yeah. any interest in him for Fulham? Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, he's a great signing for them uh i i don't know that i would go with him early in the season but he's someone that i'd keep an eye on okay okay i mean i think that he probably has more of an argument than a few of these players because you know he's gonna play up top and you know he's probably gonna play a lot of minutes for them he um creates chances out of the air and then also with regular run of play so He's not someone that we should just completely forget, and he's already owned by four and a half percent of teams. Yeah, right that's now, pretty so. good. Yeah. So, all right, you got anybody else you want to hit on? Uh, not really. I don't like anybody else. Uh, um, I guess you maybe some people are considering Lorente, but again, he's probably only going to play like one game. Yeah. So, not worth it. And maybe not even because we know we all know Harry Kane wants to come back game week one, claim every goal that gets scored. There we go, Harry. Break break records. You're a wizard, Harry. To to create magic, you know that's what magic Harry Hogwarts. Yeah, all those things. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we could wrap it up. Okay, so we're gonna do a game week one pod. We'll probably record Tuesday night. Uh, and have it out by Wednesday. 
Um, so game week one pod coming in a couple days um, to kind of get us ready for Friday. It's here. It's happening. I'm excited. Are you? Dude, I'm nervous. Super nervous. Yeah, I'm mostly just feeling anxious about every move I make, but I guess that's just kind of how it goes. And it is a crazy feeling, right? Like when the the deadline's approaching and like you literally like close your computer and step away from it and then the deadline closes, it's like dread and relief all at the same time. Yeah, I felt like more assured of myself last year and I didn't start like terribly, but I didn't start great either. So I don't know if I've just become a better FPL manager with how nervous I am or if this year is just (laughs) super complicated or a mix of the two. Yeah, it's mostly, I think, just the more you know, the more you realize how complicated the entire selection process is and the more nervous you get. Yeah, and the more you just realize it, a lot of luck. So, but we've talked about that before. For sure. Okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, Follow us uh, at fpl dive on twitter uh, follow us on instagram the art of the dive our facebook page is kind of back up and running i wasn't using it much but the art of the dive on facebook online you can check out our website the art of the dive.wordpress.com we haven't posted articles there lately but i've got one that i'm working on for this week that will get up soon uh, our mini league league dive code one two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine we're up to about 40 people in that league, so join that. We'll be talking about it on the pod during the season, so that'll kind of be fun. Uh, and make sure to download our pod and subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. Let's dive. <laughs>